Hello, everyone, and welcome into this edition of the Sports Detective Podcast. I am your host, James Williams, and today we are going to be doing a big Week 10 preview for the college football season. I'm going to be basically doing the same thing I did last week where I go over a lot of the games, a lot of previews. Uh, We're going to do our $100 bets. Did not necessarily do the best last week, but we have not been doing the best all season. That's why I said, hey, I make these bets. I try to have them be as smart as I possibly can, but fade me. So fade my bets. And if I do badly this week, I actually feel pretty good about most of these. If I do bad this week, I think I'm just going to start doing this segment where I do the exact opposite of what my mind says. I do opposite of what my mind says. The nerd nuggets that I like the most, I fade the nerd nuggets that I like the most. That's what we might do this year, because if I would have done that every single week this year, I think I'd be a millionaire. So we will get to that eventually. Last week, we were right about Georgia, and then we were right about the two Big 12 teams that we picked. Um, Army screwed us. Uh, Utah played terribly against Oregon. And then I was like, hey... I, I tried to fade uh, Ohio, or I tried to fade Wisconsin because I was like, oh, it's my friend's birthday. I will bet Ohio State to cover because if I do that, then Wisconsin will actually cover. Uh, Wisconsin covered, and I talked to my friend. I'm like, you bet Wisconsin like spread right? And he's like, no, I did the money line. So both of us ended up losing on that. So that's a little bit unfortunate. But we had Gundy that bailed us out. We had um, uh, Neil Brown, West Virginia, our Big 12 parlay hit. And then we had Georgia, obviously, to cover against Florida in that game where, you know, Kirby Smart, those Georgia Bulldogs, we'll get to them in a little bit. They like to play in big games. But I want to start off here. And this is a thing that I had last week. Now, none of these upsets ended up happening last week. We call these the segment of the we don't see these coming slip ups. It starts happening once we get into this November range where it seems like it's always like a, a late game under the lights maybe a team a good team on the road against a bad team and they end up like having like the game from hell and they end up losing to a team that's only won two games this year and um oh also another team screwed us last week was duke duke got shut out against louisville and riley leonard played and uh did not play well so um i I will have a louisville nugget coming up here in a little bit maybe just a few minutes but we're gonna call these this segment here the games the the slip-ups that we don't see coming so basically, big top 10, top 15 teams that are playing teams that they should easily handle. So we have a few here. We have Oregon at home versus Cal. They are 24 and a half point favorites. Cal has been a weird team. They've had a few good games. They've also had a few terrible games this year. Oregon is right now riding a high. Everyone's saying that they are the best one-win team in the country, even better than Alabama. and. I probably agree with that sentiment, but you could also see this being like a, a slip up game here where Cal Cal always plays like or at least there's like some really good like Justin Wilcox stats where his teams play really close when they're underdogs and they used to cover this like they're good at covering the spread. Uh, I don't believe that anymore because we had a hundred dollar picks on that earlier this year and I bet Cal and they screwed me. So. I'm staying away from that game. I'm not betting Oregon to cover. I'm not betting Cal to cover. It's a 2.30 kickoff. Oregon should handle their business. Also, if, if Oregon wins out, Bo Nix probably is going to win the Heisman. 
I, I think momentum's really shifting his way. Washington's kind of struggled the last few weeks, and if Washington slips up here or there, like like they have a game into USC this weekend at USC that could potentially happen. They have a tough road ahead to finish out the season. Like Bo Nix could sneak into that Heisman and possibly win it. Next game. Upsets we don't see coming. Louisville at home versus Virginia Tech. Nine and a half point favorites. Louisville, this is kind of my Louisville thing. I think when they are playing Louisville and Jim Brom, Jeff Brom, when they are playing teams that, like, they get up for the big games. But these games here where they, they lost a pit earlier this year. We had, uh, I think, the first $100 bets this year. I had them covering against Georgia Tech. They did not cover. For these big games, like when they play Duke, they play really well. When they play Notre Dame, they play really well. But when they're playing a Virginia Tech team that they should handle, I'm going to stay away. That, If anything, I would bet Virginia Tech in this game. But this is potentially an upset we don't see coming, where it's kind of like Virginia Tech just kind of, you know, is able to stay in this game, play them kind of close, and maybe they can win this game. So I could see that potentially be an upset we don't see coming because Virginia Tech's been a team that's in a little bit of a rebuilding process this year, and Louisville's a team that is right outside that top 12 college football playoff. I believe they're 13th right now. Next game, I had this team marked last week. Florida State traveling to Pitt as 21 and a half point favorites. I believe this game is a 11 a.m. kick. And again, like I said, I typically these teams when they're if they are um on this list and they have an 11 a.m. kick, for some reason those teams always seem to like pull it off. Like they seem to win it, the the favorites, I mean. And I uh and I'm saying this from personal experience cuz I may have just personally been like, "Oh, there's going to be an upset last week." That's what I thought. I'm like, oh, there's got to be one. One of these teams has got to screw up. So I bet I bet maybe a few dollars on Wake. And then um, Florida State decided to just beat the crap out of Wake. But Pitt, Pitt has a way of always coming up big in some of these games. They, As we said earlier this year, they beat Louisville. The year that Penn State won the Big Ten, beat Ohio State, won the Big Ten, and just missed the college football playoff, and Ohio State got in over them. The reason they didn't, Pitt beat them, so Pitt at home. What's the new Heinz Field called? I'm not sure, but don't be surprised. Pitt, Pitt, Pitt might make this a little bit interesting. Maybe they cut. Maybe they don't win, but maybe they cover. Another one here: Ohio State, the Buckeyes, traveling to Rutgers as 18 and a half point favorites. As we said earlier, they won by 14 last week against Wisconsin at Wisconsin. Rutgers, I actually think, might be a better team than Wisconsin. So there might be value on Rutgers here, but we're not betting this game. And this is also an 11 a.m. kickoff. So I just, it's one of those again, too. I, I, I just kind of stay away. I'm staying away from Ohio State the rest of this year, except for maybe the Michigan game. I'll just have to take some action on it. But I'm, I'm staying away from Ohio State. I just haven't been able to read them. There's times where I'm like, oh, they'll cover this, and they don't. And there's other times where I've been like, oh, well, they'll, Ohio State's primed to lose here, and then they end up 
covering. So we, we were just staying away from Ohio State. But that is another one that we could potentially not see coming, an 18.5-point favorite. As I was saying earlier, who are the teams that typically lose these games that we don't see coming? Big night games. Well, we have one coming up here. Another one, a slip-up we don't see coming. Purdue, the Boilermakers, traveling to Michigan as 32.5-point underdogs. Michigan is having this whole sign-stealing thing going on. There was the whole thing this week where Connor Stallings may or may not have been on the, Mich- or the Central Michigan sideline for a game. And uh, it's one of those things where it's like people are showing the picture in the video of this guy, asking Central Michigan, hey, do you know who this guy is? And you'd think that like if people knew who that guy was, that someone would say, like, oh, yeah, that's like Dave. He's like our water boy or whatever. But no one seems to know who he is. He's just like this is being broken down like the so the Zapruder footage for the JFK assassination, uh, as I completely do not know how to pronounce a few words there. It's a whole weird story, and it's uh, probably, as most people are expecting, which is why the spread is so huge, it's probably going to be more of a unifying thing with Michigan than it's going to really tear them apart, at least at this point. So, again, especially the fact that it's at home with Michigan, too. So you think Michigan should easily cover this game. But again, we don't know. Is it that big of a distraction where maybe they kind of slip up here? We will see. Again, those are games I do not touch. I do not touch, but I just want to point them out because if I'm recording this next week and somehow Purdue beats Michigan, I just want to say we didn't see it coming, but on this podcast we said, hey, there's like a 1% chance. 1%. All right, our next segment here, before we get into my $100 bets, we call these the tasties. The tasties are the games that I think interest are interesting. Ones that a lot of people are betting. People have a lot of hot takes on them. I like a side, or I might be kind of 50-50 on a side, but not enough to really put any major money on it. So our first one here. This is a game that had a really interesting line. Clemson at Notre Dame. Notre Dame is only favored by three and a half. Notre Dame's been pretty good this year. They lost that Louisville game, and they lost the Ohio State game. Again, Ohio State's undefeated. And Louisville's only lost one game. So they lost to two pretty good teams. They destroyed USC. Notre Dame's been a pretty solid team this year. And Clemson just lost to NC State last week. They lost to Duke to open up the season. They've been disappointing by Clemson standards. And Dabo had this, uh, I don't know if I'd call it an epic rant, but it was a rant earlier this week on a Coach Collins show where he uh, called Tyler from Spartanburg. There's going to be a lot of Southern accents on this podcast, by the way. And basically said, um, look at what I've done. Look at my resume. There's a little bit of potential chip on the shoulder here for Dabo and Clemson, where it's kind of us against the world. And the fact that this line is this close, like you'd think that Notre Dame would be anything five and a half, six and a half, if not seven and a half. But maybe they think Clemson's defense can keep them in this game. Stymie that Notre Dame passing attack. They have a little bit of experience with Sam Hartman in the past. But Sam Hartman also has a lot of experience with Clemson and playing them for several years in the ACC. 
because of that, because of that line being so close, I, I would pick Notre Dame here just because it's like I'll be smart rather than bet the Davo emotion. So because of that, I'm staying away. I will not touch that game. Our next tasty game are Kansas State Wildcats traveling to Austin, Texas to take on the Texas Longhorns. And Kansas State is a four-point underdog at Texas. A lot of the nerds are saying bet Kansas State here. Texas, Quinn Ewers is out. Malik Murphy has not been... He's been okay. He's been fine. Isn't been anything too impressive at the quarterback position, replacing Quinn Ewers. And Kansas State, after losing to Missouri earlier this year, and Oklahoma State, they've kind of got a little bit of momentum. The thing that scares me about Kansas State, and the reason I'm not betting this game, is I think this kind of this kind of reminds me a little bit of the 2021 Iowa State season. Now, Kansas State's going to win more games than that team did, that Iowa State team did. But it seems like they perform better at home. They have a lot of returning players, obviously. Unlike Iowa State, they're a lot better up front. But just perform better at home, and some of these games on the road just don't seem to really get now now I understand Oklahoma State's been pretty good this year and Missouri's also won a lot of games this year so it's like hey they they didn't lose to like terrible teams like Iowa State did that year but because of that I I'm just staying away I understand why people would bet Kansas State in this game but I I don't know I just I don't want to bet against Texas at home Texas still has more talent all around than Kansas State and if Malik Murphy struggles they have some other quarterbacks behind him that potentially come in his last name might be Manning so I am staying away from that game because I'm not sure what to expect out of out of Texas and I'm not sure how Kansas State will perform on the road because both of Kansas State's losses this year were on the road another tasty Texas A&M traveling to Ole Miss Ole Miss three-point favorites this is another line that people are kind of looking at and going like huh why is Ole Miss only favored by three why is all of this money coming on Ole Miss and that line staying at three? Ole Miss, if you look at kind of the matchup of this game, should be able to handle Texas Tech. They should be able to handle Texas Tech's offense, and they should be able to move the ball enough at home to win this game by more than three points. But you also have the you have two other factors here. Jimbo is on his last leg, where if Jimbo doesn't finish out this season strong, very likely. Texas A&M might just say we will pay out the biggest buyout by far in college football history where that buyout does get better over the next few years. But if in two years from now, it's like 50 something million right now, it's 70. And it's one of those things where it's like, all right, if we're just going to do it anyway, why don't we just get it over, cough up the extra whatever 15 million now for a buyout? And, and just wipe our hands clean of this whole Jimbo situation. So Texas A&M is on their last legs. And two, I don't know what Lane Kiffin does, but one, their statistics in a lot of these big games where Lane Kiffin doesn't necessarily perform the best. And two, Lane Kiffin, I can't remember the exact quotes, but he was like kind of like smack-talking Texas A&M this week. He kind of doesn't like this kind of just like very sneaky way, but... But he was talk, smack talking Texas A&M a little bit this week with Jimbo, where uh, 
it was something like, I don't know. He, he was kind of making fun of their offense. I can't remember the exact quote. I should have pulled it up before I started recording this, but I'm in kind of a rush today. Uh, kind of a rush to just record this whole thing. So again, we are staying away from that. We have too many factors. We have the, is Texas and I'm going to pull out all the stops to get a win here. Is this going to happen how we think it should be where Ole Miss should just beat them by a touchdown? Is Texas A&M going to respond to the lane trash talk? We are staying away. Another one we are staying away from, Georgia Tech at Virginia. The weird thing, and this is a thing for the ACC schools, I do not know how to bet them. I don't know if it's because I just don't know that conference that well, which, I, I mean, you always know your own conference, the one that your favorite team is in, the best. That's why I was able to, you know, hit that Big 12 parlay last week. But, like, I can't figure out Louisville in that conference. I can't figure out Clemson in that conference. When, like, North Carolina is obviously one of those up-and-down teams, too. Miami's a weird team. Georgia Tech, oh, like, I, I mentioned this last week with Georgia Tech, where it was like, hey, Georgia Tech could pull off this upset against North Carolina. I'm not going to be surprised. And you know what? They did. They did. They are two-point underdogs. At Virginia this week, Virginia, they also upset North Carolina. So this is a match of the two teams that last upset North Carolina. And then the next week, they follow that up, playing Miami and taking Miami to overtime. So Virginia is kind of like, again, even though they lost that overtime game, they're still, they just played two pretty solid teams, two top 25 caliber teams, back-to-back weeks, and beat one of them and nearly beat another one. And I think that's why Virginia is favored here. That is why I would take Virginia if I was betting this game, and maybe they figured things out there in this rebuild. But this Georgia Tech team, you never know what you're going to get. Georgia Tech can win this game by four touchdowns, or they could just underperform, and maybe Virginia just shows them up and beats the crap out of them. So I'm staying away. Talking about the ACC, we have Miami at NC State. Both of these teams have just not played well. Like Miami, if you looked at them before ACC play, you look at them before ACC play, they start off the season winning 38-3 to against Miami of Ohio. They beat Texas A&M by 15. Texas A&M was ranked at that point, even though Texas A&M is still underachieving by the standards that they want this year. Texas A&M is still an SEC team that's going to win 7-8 games this year. So I still think that's a good win. Beat Bethune, beat Temple. Then they start out. They have that weird Georgia Tech game where they just need to run the ball, or excuse me, not even run the ball, kneel the ball at the end of the game, and they win that game. Then they lose to North Carolina the next week. Then they beat Clemson in double overtime. Then last week, as we just mentioned with the Virginia game, they beat them in overtime. So they're coming off of two overtime wins. I don't know if you can just kind of keep winning after that. I don't know if you're emotionally, mentally drained from that. But on the other side of this game, also, if I didn't mention it before, Miami's five-point favorites on the road. You have NC State, who, kind of the same thing. We were kind of, it, this has been more of a disappointing season for NC State. They, uh, they played UConn really close to start the year. They, they should have blown out UConn. UConn's not a very good team. Notre Dame blows them out. Then they start off ACC play. They only win by for three at Virginia, even though we said, hey, we're a little higher on Virginia right now. They, NC State should still be better. Brennan Armstrong, I, it's, been a, it's kind of like the Devin Leary leaving. I don't know if it's been beneficial for either NC State or Devin Leary. 
because I haven't necessarily liked what I've seen out of Kentucky with Devin Leary so far this year. Then you lose to Louisville at home by three. You only beat Marshall by seven. Um, Duke beats the crap out of you. You lose 24 to three in that game. And then last weekend you beat Clemson, but Clemson's four and four. So I'm really not sure what to make out of this NC State team. They're five and three. Miami coming off of those, they've been kind of this team that's underachieved for the most part in conference play. I'm staying away from this game. All right, I got two more tasties. Nebraska at Michigan State. Nebraska very well could win the Big Ten West. They kind of control their own destiny in that part, and I, it was kind of like they won last weekend, and I think people were starting to say, like, wait a second. Let's look at what I was doing. Let's look at what Wisconsin's doing. Nebraska could very well win the Big Ten West in this last year of its existence. Right now, there's a four-way tie for the Big Ten West with Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska, all at three and two. Northwestern could sneakily get there, too. They're two and three. If they beat Iowa this weekend, they could potentially uh, jump into that race. But you have Nebraska here. This is their schedule the rest of the year. They have at Michigan State this weekend, home against Maryland, at Wisconsin, home against Iowa. Even though the, they, they're favored this weekend by three, and probably the next three weekends they'll probably be underdogs, it's not unrealistic that they could win two or three of these games and represent the Big Ten in the or the Big Ten West in the Big Ten championship game and then lose to Ohio State or Michigan by like 57. With that being said, they've kind of won these games off of defense the last few weeks. If you look at them, they beat Illinois 20 to 7, Northwestern 17 to 9, 31 to 14 against Purdue. All three of those might also just be bad teams. Michigan State's had the weirdest season from hell. They have the Mel Tucker situation, as we talked about earlier. We were talking last week on the Tasties that we were thinking about uh, going with them at a plus seven against uh, Minnesota. That didn't plan out. Minnesota ended up winning by more than seven in that game that Minnesota covered. Michigan State's at home. I'm still not sure about either of these teams. I almost would want to bet Michigan State because that, even though like like, I'm just looking at the records right now. Nebraska's five and three. Michigan State's two and six, and Nebraska's only a three point favorite. That's another kind of fishy line to me, and that's why we are staying away. Another game we are staying away from. Any game that involves Army or Air Force, or excuse me, Army or Navy. This happened a few weeks ago. I bet. Um, if you read the statistics on these army or these service academy games, it's like when they play each other, it's like always bet the under. And then right now, Air Force is having like a really, really good season. So Air Force is favored. Uh, like it happened a few weeks ago, they were favored by ten and a half over Navy, and I bet Navy plus ten and a half. Now Navy ends up driving late, gets a garbage time touchdown, and their coach for some reason when they're down by eleven with less than a minute left, goes for two, does not get it, versus just kicking the extra point and getting the cover. He does not, he's not Sean McVay, and he does not understand the spreads, so we ended up losing that bet. There's a lot of good football games happening that weekend, and I was, for some reason, watching the end of that game and crying. Air Force, at home, favored by 17 and a half. I'm staying away. 
I'm staying away. The, 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 the nerds say bet Army to cover that 17 and a half because those Air Force teams, or excuse me, the Service Academy teams, all of them run the triple option, which means they're also the best teams in the country that are suited to defend the triple option. That's why that under usually hits. And the uh, this final score in that game that I was just talking about was 17 to 6. So that was a 23-point game. The under for this one is uh, 31 and a half. I might be talking about that in $100 bets. But the spread, the spread we are staying away from. The under we might take. Now, I'm going to take a little bit of a break here, and then I will be back with our $100 picks for week 10 of the college football season. Okay, to start off the $100 bets for week 10 of the college football season, we are going to start at a game I'm actually going to be at in person. I will see this happen with my own eyes. The Kansas Jayhawks coming off of a huge upset over Oklahoma travel to Ames, Iowa to take on the Iowa State Cyclones. Both of these teams have one loss in conference play as everyone else around the country is looking at this Kansas State-Texas game to be a big pivotal game in the Big 12 and Oklahoma State-Oklahoma. I'm looking at Kansas, I'm looking at Iowa State, and I'm saying, hey, this is actually a game that can be very pivotal in the Big 12 standings because the winner of this game could be very well set up to make a run at the Big 12 championship game and maybe play spoiler to the Texases and the Oklahomas of the world or even the Kansas States of the world if you want to do those as the top three in the conference. And um, the fact that I have this on here and the fact that I went to Iowa State, go to a lot of their games, might give away my pick here. But Iowa State's favored by two and a half, and I'm picking Iowa State to cover that game, to cover that spread, and to win. Here's a notable nugget here. I get these, I'm getting these stats here too from the Action Network, by the way. There's this um, guy, his name's Stucky. He does his best bets of the week. And um, I'm using these to kind of reinforce, I'm not using them in all of them, I'm not copying all of his work, but I'm using these as kind of a guide here to just kind of demonstrate why I'm picking this way. So this is coming from the Action Network. Following a top 20 upset as a touchdown or more underdog, conference underdogs playing the next week have gone just 28, 51, and 3 against the spread. That's 35%, including 13, 33, and 1, 28% when upset came at home because of that, because of the nerds, because I'm an Iowa state fan, I think Iowa state is really good at home. This is going to be a night game. It's homecoming conference game. Kansas is kind of slightly a rival with Iowa state, even though Iowa state didn't have any productive rivalries in the new big 12 football schedule. I just like Iowa state to cover here. I think they can win. We're not asking for a touchdown. We're not asking for a field goal. It is at home. Kansas is still has Jason Bean at quarterback. Like the other thing too about that that win against Oklahoma, Kansas shouldn't have won that game. O- Oklahoma won that game. Like they they stopped them. And I remember I turned off the game because they stopped them with like two minutes left. Kansas didn't have many timeouts. I can't remember the exact situation there, but like I remember seeing ah Kansas didn't pull it off. That kind of sucks. And I bet Oklahoma last week to cover the spread. So I was like. Uh, and, I, and Oklahoma's not going to cover either. Uh, this kind of sucks. I'm going to turn it off. And then I uh, remember looking at my phone. I'd be like, wait, Kansas somehow still has the lead. And then I turned it over and Kansas ends up driving with Jason Bean late. 
winning the game. Oklahoma shouldn't have lost that game. So I think we're overrating this Kansas team a little bit this week, and that is why I'm going Iowa State to cover the two and a half. Our next game, the Alabama Crimson Tide are at home against LSU, and they are favored by three. Here's where I'm going to fade the nerds here. The nerds are saying, look at Jaden Daniels. Look at how good he is. He is just putting up all of these insane numbers. He is a top five Heisman candidate. LSU's been a weird team this year. Their defense isn't good. Their offense, Jay Daniels has been kind of, he's had his moments, kind of like kind of similar to last year, where it's like he had a lot of really good moments, but then he also had some bad moments, and he wasn't consistent in some games. And there's one thing about this game that I'm looking at, and there's a few things. Alabama's defense is probably the best defense that they've played so far this year. They are uh, LSU is on the road, and I'm just always going to fade Brian Kelly in big games. And this is the biggest game of the year. This is a game that the winner of this game is going to be in pretty good position to potentially represent the SEC West in the SEC championship game. And I'm just betting on Nick Saban. I'm betting on that defense. I'm betting on the atmosphere in Tuscaloosa to be insane. I like Alabama. We got $15 on Alabama, minus three. Next game. Now, do I want to change the money on this game? And we'll just keep it. Georgia at home versus Missouri. Missouri having one of the best years that they have had in the SEC under Eli Drinkowitz. They pulled off that insane upset earlier this year over Kansas State. They only loss on the year is to LSU at home. They beat Kentucky convincingly. They beat South Carolina convincingly. Again, that Kansas State win early in the year in that non-con really looks good. But Georgia, 15.5-point favorites. We talked about it last week. When Georgia can get up for a game, they get up for a game, and they've seemed to figure out how to flip that switch. And I know Georgia's basically only covered in like two games this year, as we broke down last week. But teams don't typically just like go 12 and 0 and then are like 2 and 10 against the spread. Like they, they just don't. And when we were talking about Georgia's schedule being so easy to start this year, we were mostly saying, hey, the SEC East kind of sucks. So maybe Missouri's a little bit better than we thought this year. And just because they're a little better than we thought, they were able to win a lot of these games. They also, too, that Kansas State game, they shouldn't have won. They, they, had, they kicked like an insanely long field goal to end that game. And that was like just poorly managed the last like 30 seconds of that game by Missouri. They, like they should not have won that game. But I just like Georgia here. Best team in the country. They might even have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. The fact that they're not number one in the college football playoff, plus they're getting up for this game. It's a top 12 matchup. I like Georgia to cover 15 and a half. Let's just keep riding that Georgia Bulldog wave. Another thing with Georgia, too, if Ole Miss, as we talked about earlier, if, if Ole Miss wins, this, wins uh, against Texas A&M, that's going to be a huge matchup next week. And I don't know what the spread will be on that game. But again, at home, Georgia, we would probably take Georgia in that game. If Georgia can win this game, obviously. All right, our next game. We have the Arizona Wildcats. Yes, our guy Jed Fish at home against UCLA. 
two and a half point favorites. I had Arizona in the Tasties last week. Um, and I said, hey, I just I kind of want to see them do it. I, I don't know if maybe Oregon State can come and push them around. Well, Arizona wins by three points. Arizona is very, very hot right now. This is Arizona's season. They're, uh, they lose to Mississippi State and non-con. Yeah, that doesn't look that good <laughs> right now. Barely beat Stanford. And it's like, all right, what is this team? They play Washington pretty close at home. Only lose by a touchdown that game. At USC, in triple overtime, they only lose by two. They go to Washington State, destroy them in Pullman, Washington, 44-6. to Then last week, they beat number 11 Oregon State at home by three. I don't just like Arizona to cover this game, cover the two and a half. I'm picking the money line at plus 116. Here's a uh, notable nugget from the Action Network again. Since 2005, no team in college football has been more profitable as a home dog against ranked opponents than Arizona. Over that span, the Wildcats have gone 18-6-1 against the spread, covering by just under 10 points per game on average. That includes a perfect 2-0 this season. So if you wanted to be safe, you could bet that spread. I'm taking Arizona with the money line here. I think Jed Fish and those guys will win this game, and they will um, be ranked heading into next week. The thing about Arizona, too, this has been kind of like, if you're talking about a slow rebuild, this is kind of how you want to do a slow rebuild at Arizona, where they've been getting a lot of talent and they've been developing it. And it's really coming to fruition this year. Their offense has started to really kind of kick into gear. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the country right now. UCLA has kind of had a weird, you know, they had that weird game against uh, Colorado last weekend. Dion's claiming that people at UCLA like stole uh, the Colorado players like jewelry. He wants the NCAA to reimburse them, uh, which is kind of crappy that that happened. But that's another distraction for UCLA that they have to deal with this week traveling against this good Arizona team. I think Arizona's got a lot of momentum. So, yeah, we're, we're rolling with Arizona. I got $15 on the money line in that game. Let's, stick out, let's stay out west for this next game. Uh, I should have said this at the top with $100 bets. This is going to be a week where, if I'm wrong this week, I'll be wearing clown makeup because I'm going with teams that have wronged me before. And... uh here we have a team that has wronged me before, and it is USC at home versus undefeated Washington. USC is a four-point underdog in this game. USC these last few weeks, I mean, we could just, we could just go like throughout the whole year. They beat Colorado by a touchdown, gave up 41 in that game. As we just mentioned with Arizona, gave up 41 to Arizona, get the smack get the snot kicked out of them against Notre Dame, give up 48 in that game, give up 34 to Utah at home on their third string quarterback. And then they just gave up 49 to Cal in that game. Uh, in that game last week where they had to come back. I did bet USC live. So they did give me a few bucks in that game. So I'm a little bit on USC right now, but this is another nerd nugget. This is the only reason I'm betting this game is this nerd nugget from the Action Network. The only reason I'm doing it. Every bone in my body is like, hey, don't do it. Washington, yes, they have struggled the last few weeks, but maybe they're just kind of like 
getting ready to rev up again for this last little stretch of the season. And maybe they're a team kind of like Georgia. It's like, hey, they need to get up for these games. Notable nugget here. It doesn't happen often, but ranked teams that haven't covered in six or more straight games have gone seven and two against the spread since 2005, covering by eight and a half points per game. Also, and this is probably the part of this uh, nerd nugget that I like the most. Lincoln Riley is 3-0 against the spread as an underdog of more than a field goal in his career, which has never happened at home. Huh. Interesting. We were taking USC plus three at home. We're throwing $10 on that game. Let's go back out east. This is one where I'm fading the nerds. I'm fading the nerds here. We have Florida at home against Arkansas. Florida coming off of that uh, butt whooping that Georgia gave them. Arkansas. Sam Pittman as an underdog. Sam Pittman as an underdog against the spread is really good. That is basically why we are fade. That is basically the nerd nugget that we are fading. He is like, um, like 60 or 70% against the spread as an underdog. And there is some good stats about him on the road too. But with that being said, Florida is really good at home. Florida is really good at home. They are just really good against in the swamp. Um, I think they might have been five and one last year at the swamp, and that's where they got most of their wins. Uh, let's go to this game here. I'm looking at Florida's season. Like they they destroyed Tennessee earlier this year at the swamp. Remember last year they destroyed Utah. Well, they didn't destroy them. And all Florida's losses this year on the road against Kentucky. Neutral site, Georgia. Um, what was their other loss? At the road against Utah. At home, they're really good. And this Arkansas team is 2-6. and six. I, It looks like Sam Pittman might be out at the end of this year. So I just like Florida in this game. Maybe this is like the last straw. Maybe we see Sam Pittman fired after this game. I guess that's a reason to bet Arkansas because maybe they pull out all the stops. Maybe they play a little bit harder for the coach. Maybe they can cover that field goal. But I, I'm just I'm I'm plugging my nose. I'm fading the nerds. I'm going with Florida minus three and a half at home. Ten dollars on that game. I got two more bets for you here. Let's go to my conference, the Big Twelve. I like to call the Big Twelve the fun conference. We were really good on the Big Twelve last week. BYU. Off of a big loss to Texas, traveling to West Virginia. This line shocked me. And that is why I am betting it. That's the only reason I'm betting it. BYU and West Virginia are two teams that have uh, exceeded my expectations this year. They're both looking like they're going to go to a bowl game this year. Utah, or excuse me, not Utah. BYU has proven to be out of the new four teams that joined the Big 12. They've proven to be the most ready to win in the Big 12. Out of all of them. Cincinnati's been terrible. Dana Holgerson's probably going to get fired from Houston at the end of this year. And uh, UCF, even though the the betting lines always seem to be pro-UCF, they have not been playing that well this year. They have lost a lot of games that the nerds think they should have won, including one, or not, I guess they, uh, not including one last week, West Virginia was favored. Wait. No, no, no. West Virginia was the underdog last week, and uh, and West Virginia won outright. 
and we had them just West Virginia with the spread, we would have won even more money in that game. We bet West Virginia with the money line. Going back to this game, West Virginia at home, 13-point favorites against BYU. I don't understand that spread. I understand BYU, different team at home versus on the road. They got destroyed on the road last week against Texas. West Virginia had a really good win on the road against UCF. But this that line's too high to me. Our guy, uh, Jeremy Phoenix, that we had on from West Virginia, the guy that's uh, username is I also hate Pitt. Maybe he's just a hater. Maybe that is just his thing. Uh, he doesn't. I've, I follow him on Twitter. He is very much um, talking about West Virginia on Twitter. He's responded to all the West Virginia fans. They're like, "Hey, this is awesome. We're exceeding expectations for this year." And he's basically saying, um, "I still think our team sucks." And because he is saying that, and that he doesn't think our team, he thinks that his team sucks. He also told us last week, and hey, bet West Virginia to cover that spread. So we're going to listen to Jeremy Phoenix again. We are going to say that West Virginia sucks. West Virginia, 13-point favorites. We are taking BYU plus 13 at the road, on the road in Big 12 play. Again, BYU doesn't have to win. They don't have to um, make this a field goal game. They don't have to get it within one score. They just have to cover 13 points. I love BYU in this spot. We are throwing $10 on this game. I teased this here at the end of the Tasties for our last $100 bets for Week 10. Army at Air Force. The over-under is 31.5. We are taking the under in this game. Let's go to the nerd nugget about the Service Academy games. Service Academies catching over two touchdowns have gone 42-24-2 against the spread since 2005, covering by just under five points a game. Again, I said that in the Tasties. I understand those stats, but I've been burned too many times by the Service Academies, especially Army and Navy. I'm staying away from that. This is what we are not staying away from. As I mentioned with the triple options with all these Service Academy teams, this is uh, in 55 matchups with Service Academy teams since 2005. The under has hit 44, 10, and 1. That's 81% of the time. Service Academy games where they are playing against each other, the under hits 81% of the time. That is why we were taking the under here. I understand it's 31 and a half. That is an Iowa under. That is a Brian Ferentz, Kirk Ferentz, Iowa Hawkeye under. And you know what happens when, when uh, the betting sites usually have that low of a number on a total? It usually hits the under because it's so low that like people are looking at it like, oh my God, like there's, they have to get over that, right? The only thing that scares me though is Air Force is really good and Army is not. Army burned us last week. So is there a chance that, like, yes, Air Force just shuts out Army, but Air Force just, like, scores 35 points on their own, and it's a 35-0 to zero game, so it's still a low total, but, but they still get the over. That scares me a little bit, but we are going with the nerds here. I am pro-nerd with this. We are going with the nerds. Army, Air Force, under 31.5. We got $10 on that game. And that is going to do it for the $100 bets of week 10 of the college football season. Again, I'm not saying these bets are going to win. I usually get most of them wrong. I usually lose money. This is fake money, by the way. I don't have enough money to be throwing away 
$100 every week, especially when I keep losing. So if you want to make money, I would suggest just every pick I just made in every case, just do the opposite. And if you do the opposite on all of them, a lot of them, some of them, chances are you're probably going to make money. So that is going to do it for the podcast today. Thank you again for listening. Follow me on Twitter at JDMajor2. Follow me on Instagram at JWS Detective. I will be back next week giving you more $100 bets. I also, um, there's a lot of stories that happened in the past week that I really wanted to touch on. I kind of touched on them a lot here. Oh, God dang it. You know what bet I didn't, or what game I meant to talk about I didn't? Dang it. All right, I'll just do it now. I only have like four people that listen to this, so it's fine. Oklahoma, traveling to Oklahoma State, the last bedlam for the foreseeable future. Oklahoma is favored by six. And um, Gundy earlier this week was saying uh, how this isn't a rivalry anymore. You know, if if I was in the same room with those guys and it wasn't on a football field, when I was a player, me and Bosworth, um, he spat my face, I spat in his face. And dang it, I can't believe I didn't write that down. This is a tasty, by the way. And um, you kind of look at that. You hear what Gundy said. You think last bedlam, Oklahoma State is the team that is the most pedoed that Oklahoma is going to the SEC. Like maybe they can really gear up for this game. Maybe they will just take them down, able to either win this game or at least cover. The only reason I'm staying away from that is, and I talked about this with Marshall Scott, our Oklahoma State guy over the summer because I was like, why is Oklahoma State always so bad in these Bedlam games? And basically his logic was like, even though Oklahoma State's having their best run in program history, that is also coinciding with Oklahoma's best run in program history where they're basically winning 11 to 12 games a year. And that against a team that's winning like 8, 9, 10 games a year is going to favor the team that is winning the... um the uh you know the more the better team so because of that stat and the fact that this is like this is a weird bedlam this is a weird bedlam it's not the last game of the year it's at 2 30 usually those games are at night so there's just a lot of different elements from usual bedlams where you could say hey the fact that it is unusual maybe does favor oklahoma state and the fact that the momentum for uh, oklahoma state of them or excuse me oklahoma leaving the big 12 combine all that stuff maybe this does play well for oklahoma state but i think maybe maybe oklahoma two maybe venables gets into the groove of like hey do you hear what gundy said he said this isn't a rivalry us here in norman oklahoma think this is a rivalry and we're going to show you that we think it's a rivalry. we're going to go and we're going to stuff it down your throat and we're just going to beat the crap out of you because that's what we do because we're the oklahoma sumers and we dominate the cowboys so because of those two factors, I could see I like I don't want to bet Oklahoma like I want to bet Oklahoma State, but I also don't want to bet them and then have be be at um the Iowa State game and look at the scoreboard before the game and it's like Oklahoma 40, 49, Oklahoma State twenty one. Be like, that was stupid. So yeah, that's why we're staying away from that game. And uh that's gonna do it for the podcast today, as I already wrapped up. Uh that's the last note that we have. Thank you guys, as always, for listening. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe. I will be back sometime next week talking college football. 
potentially other stories. There's a lot of NBA stuff I've wanted to talk about. So we'll be back next week. As always, I will see you next time.